guys, this is Axiom Youth Podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope you continue to do so. This next episode is entitled Five Ways to Grow Your Desire for God, and it's taught by our youth pastor, Brother Jared Turner. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. Amen. Well, let's read now Matthew chapter 5, verse number 6. Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed or blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Okay, so what I want to point out is that this word shall, which just means will, so you can put will in there. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after or for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They will be filled, okay? So I want you to see that that's a guarantee, right? This is a guarantee. Shall be filled, will be filled, right? So if God says it, right, then it will happen, okay? So, the, the, but we know not everybody is filled with God, with the Holy Ghost. Not everybody will be filled with the Holy Ghost. There are people that won't be. There are people that will not be blessed. There are people that will not be filled. So the, the, the kind of hinge point of this verse is this kind of if clause. They which do hunger and thirst. So that's kind of the issue. It's not that God doesn't want to fill people. It's not that God doesn't want to bless people. It's not that God plays favorites, right? You are my favorite and you are my not favorite, right? You know, I didn't mean to that side, but, you know, God doesn't sit here and pick sides of the church, right? You are the winners and you are the losers, or you are the blessed and you are the cursed, right? God doesn't do that, right? He, he, he fills everybody that hungers and thirsts. So that's the point then, right, where we interact with God is on our hunger and on our thirst or on our desire, okay? So that's really where people miss out with God. Listen to me. This is what I want to tell you before we start. Every person that does not make it to heaven the reason that they will not be in heaven is because they did not want to be there. They did not want to be there. We, we, it seems like a complicated choice now, but when we get to the other side, the choice will be have been so simple. Either you desired God or you didn't. Now, the the danger is, and the reason why it seems complicated right now is because we have an enemy that lies to us. 
So there is an enemy. Listen to me, because this is the real point, because I don't think that I think I could go around this room right now and I think I could point at each of you and say, do you want to live for God? Do you want to know God? And I think you would all answer yes. And I think probably everybody would be honest when they said yes. Right? They would be honest. You would say yes and you would be honest. But the problem is, is that you can be lied to, gentlemen, to where you think that you really are doing things that make you hungry after God, but in fact, you are doing things that decrease your desire for God. Right? Because that's what you do on a day-to-day basis will either grow your desire for God or it will make it shrink. And that's the point at which you were saved or not whether you are hungry, whether you are thirsty, and that's just kind of an image for desire or wanting. Whether you want God or not, that's the point of being saved. People that are saved want to be saved. People that are saved want God. People that are lost do not want God. People that are lost do not want to be saved. But the problem is, is that there is a liar out there that is influencing the culture to make you believe that you don't, it doesn't matter what you do on a day-to-day basis. That your desire for God will always stay the same. That it will stay the same through college. That your desire for God will stay the same through your early years of being an adult and going into marriage. But that's not the truth. Because there are things that you can do right now that you are doing right now that are either pushing you toward God or pulling you away from a desire for God. Because I think every one of you, at least at one point in your life, and I think every human being at one point in their life has had a genuine encounter with God where they could make a choice. And I think probably the majority of people really at some point said, I want to live for God. And they meant it. But then they started doing things that pushed their desire down Right? They, it pushed their desire down to where all of a sudden they stopped wanting to live for God. It wasn't that God couldn't reach for them anymore. It's that they weren't reaching for God. And it's not because they made a conscious decision, Brother Caleb, but it's made, they made a lot of little seemingly innocent decisions that pushed them away. I've seen so many people. I, I, I remember... A young man at NAYC when I was in the youth group and, and he said he got a hold of my shirt and he, he had gone to public school and he said, I want to live for God so bad. It's so hard at school, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to be a witness and, and I'm facing it and I, I haven't always done right, but I want you to pray with me because I'm going to go back. And, and I mean, he was sincere. Because we were in an NAYC, and you've been to NAYC, most of you, and you know what it feels like. And you've been to HYC, and you've been to Sunday night services where God gets a hold of you, and you say, I, I want to do this so bad. I want to start a P7 club. I want to reach my school. I want to live for God so bad it hurts. And I want to just right now live for God. right? But then all of a sudden, you get home, and you make a decision. And you think it's a neutral decision, but it's actually weakening your desire to live for God. He was sincere in that moment, but three years later, he wasn't even living for God at all. 
doing horrible things. Just as if he had never been there. Because he, got, he bought a lie that it didn't matter, the little things. So here's my list, right? I'm going to go kind of quickly, right? And I'm going to start with kind of the very first thing. Here, five ways, this is my title, to grow your desire for God. Five ways to grow your desire for God. And if you do not repeat these five steps throughout your entire life, your desire will begin to die. And it will die completely unless you pick them back up. Unless you pick them back up, it will die completely. Number one is be around people that also have a desire for God. If you try to do this completely alone and never get good friends, you are going to have a major struggle to keep a desire for God. It's just not going to happen. You will become who you hang out with. You will conform because we are uh, cultural people and we like to fit in. And you know what? Sometimes, let me just be honest with you, this is what I've come to do. I've come to be very practical tonight. And I've come to remember what it was like to be in your shoes. Right? Although I don't think my shoes were ever that cool. But I've, I'm, to remember to be in your shoes. Right? Sitting in the seat that you're sitting in. Right? I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was like. And let me be honest. There have been some times, there have been some times when I have stayed coming to church because I was afraid I would lose my friends. There were some times when I wasn't, Brother Dalton, maybe where I needed to be, but because I was surrounded by people that were strong and that had a relationship with God and I didn't want to walk away from all my friends, I said, you know what, I'm going to give it another chance. So that's a good thing to be surrounded by people that have a desire for God because when you get weak, you have somebody to encourage you to come back in instead of somebody encouraging you to keep on walking out. I'm just trying to get real. I'm trying to get practical here. right? Because we don't live 24-7 floating on angels. Now you can have real experiences and we're going to get there. I'm, I'm going to start at the surface and I'm going to go deeper. Because that's where I think it all starts. I'm, I'm thankful for every young person that comes to a lock-in just to have fun. I'm thankful for those young people. I don't want them to stop there, but I'm thankful that they come. I'm thankful for every young person that ever comes to youth service. I don't want them to stop there, but I'm thankful that they come and that they see young people lifting their hands. That's why it's so important that you set a good atmosphere. That's why it's so important that you worship, right? Because that's kind of where people are going to be introduced to hungering for God. They're going to be introduced when they see you. And that brings me to point number two. Be faithful to church. Be faithful to church. So hang out with good people at school, on the weekends. This place needs to be filled with your best friends. I'm not saying you can't have friends outside of church, but this needs to be where you get your best friends. 
This needs uh, Section 2 youth rallies is where you need to connect with people. Camp is where you need to get your best friends from, right? People that will encourage you. People that will say you can make it, right? But you've also got to come to church. And you've got to, even when you don't understand, you've got to keep coming to church. Be faithful. I'm, like I'm saying, I'm, ta- I'm starting on the surface and I'm going deeper. Right? If all you do is come to church right, and you stop at point number two, you're not going to grow in your desire for God and eventually you will even lose out with your desire for God and then you'll stop coming to church. But it will have started a lot longer, right? Remember, we're moving. You can draw a big arrow right on your paper, right? We're going to move down and we're going to get deeper into this thing. We're going to get deeper down into a relationship with God. But you can't stop coming to church because it will kill your desire for God. If you, if you are just listening to the world all day long and you never have that moment where you come in and let a sermon touch you, where you come in and let a song touch your heart, if you stop going to HYC, if you stop going to camp, it's going to be hard. If you stop coming to youth, if you stop coming to small group, it's going to be difficult to keep your desire for God. If you keep putting things above church, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not preaching this as like a doctrine that you can't go to heaven without church, but you know what? It, in, in my life, in my practical experience, if you stop coming to church, you don't have much of a shot. We really don't. I'm just trying to be real practical because we've got to figure out how to hunger and thirst after God because that's the point. We don't have to figure out how to get the Holy Ghost because if you want it, God will give it to you. right? We don't have to figure out how to be saved because if you want to be saved, God will save you. You don't have to figure out how to be delivered because if you want to be delivered, God will deliver you. But we've got to figure out how to want to. That's what we've got to figure out. We've got to figure out how do I want to live for God? And how do I keep that desire going through all of the distractions of life? Because I believe that there are so many young people and I am so fearful that I will see a young person that has come to our youth group and that has prayed and cried and sought the Lord and then not serve God because they bought into a lie, because they stopped in the forward momentum, because they stopped with step number two, just coming to church. They, had, they still had friends in the youth group, but they just stopped being faithful to church. They just had a, every excuse not to come. Well, homework. Well, this school event. Well, my favorite show was on TV. Well, this. Well, that. And then you just keep making excuses and you just keep pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And eventually your desire will begin to shrivel up and die. Point number three. Point number three. I'm trying to move quickly. Point number three, pray at home. Pray at home. Now, I want to add, I want to add in the middle here, like a sub point between between church and pray at home. It's good to pray at church. That's kind of where you can get introduced to prayer. If it's tough to pray, right? then you need, if you find that it's kind of hard to pray, you need to be the very first in the prayer room on Sunday night youth prayer. And you need to say, I'm going to learn how to pray here at church 
I'm going to practice. You need to be the first at an altar every time there's an altar call. No matter if you really understood the sermon or not, you need to be down there and saying, God, I just want you to work on me. I want you to teach me how to pray. I want to learn how to pray at home. I want to learn how to pray at home. I want you to begin to work on me, right? So you need to come. And I'm not, you're, if you only pray at an altar, listen, remember, we're going deeper. If you only pray at an altar, you're not going to make it, right? But if you don't pray at an altar, you're never going to learn how to pray at home. Right? It's got to start somewhere. So that's why we have altar calls in youth, and that's why we give you a chance to pray so that you can learn how to pray. And what happens? All of a sudden, when you begin to pray, something amazing happens. You begin to learn something. And what you begin to learn is that, that your desire for God can leak out of you by the stuff you put in. All of a sudden, now when, I haven't talked about living holy or living righteous, but all of a sudden as you come to church and you listen to sermons and you respond, then all of a sudden this little word comes in called conviction. And God begins to talk to you and say, you know what? You know that TV show that you love to watch that has all that filthy humor in it? You know what? That's leaking out your desire for me. And you know that pornography that nobody else knows you look at? That begins to leak out your desire for me. That's working against your desire. You know those books that you like to read? You know that text message stream or that snap streak that you've got going with that friend? That's leaking out your desire for me. You know that outfit that you think is really cool but it's kind of revealing and you get a bunch of negative attention when you wear it? You know what? That's leaking out your desire for me, right? And it's going to be more powerful when you hear it in prayer other than just hearing it from me. Or Brother Isaacson. That's why we give you a chance to respond so that the Lord can seal it in your heart. Because prayer is how you go deeper. Prayer is how you, that's, I mean, that's how you get to where God is. You're not going to get the Holy Ghost without praying. You're not going to get deliverance without praying. I'm thankful that everybody comes to church and I'm thankful that you're faithful for, to youth. But I want you to respond in youth. And I'm thankful that you respond. I want you to pray at home. Right? We're going deeper. Right? This is how to grow my desire for God. And if you stop short at one of these things, you will lose out your desire for God. Because you know what? If you're sincerely praying, God will begin to work on you. And there will be a lot less issues in your life about what you watch. About what you click on. Because if you want to be delivered, Brother Caleb, you will be. Right, because what did that verse say? They who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Righteousness. If you want to do what's right, you can. God will help you. So say, God, I don't have everything perfect. I got these thoughts and desires that I don't know what to do with, and I don't know what's going on, and I don't want them in my life. You begin to pray about those. You take them to prayer at home, and then all of a sudden, you are able to desire to live for God. You're able to desire to live for Him. Because that's, that's where the issue is. Do you want to? Because I, I believe that so many young people would say, yes, I want to. But then they would get so distracted that they quit coming to church. They would get distracted so that they never pray. They never talk to God. And then all of a sudden, other friends start having more attraction than the friends of church. And, and all of a sudden, you find yourself, you're not doing any of those things. You understand what I'm saying? You see that if you stop at one of these, then you're going to start going backwards. Right? It's, if, if you're going deeper. How many have ever swam in a deep end of a pool? 
right? All right, I know you have because you almost drowned, right? I was there. It was a guy's swim day. I almost drowned, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're going deeper, right? You know how you go deeper? You keep pushing. You keep paddling. You keep swimming. What happens if you stop? You start floating, right? We're all, we're all pretty floaties. Well, you will, well, you'll float when you're dead, right? You float to the top. Right? You will float up naturally. And let me just tell you, that's kind of like living for God. When you stop paddling, right? If you're trying to go deeper, right? You've got to keep on kicking and keep on swimming. And if you stop, right, you're going to start losing ground. Right? You're going to, it's kind of natural, right, just to float, just to lose ground. It's kind of natural to have, you know, it's like it's just our nature. Which is why the Bible says that we have a sinful nature. Meaning that unless we really work on it, we're just naturally selfish. And so we really don't want anybody telling us what to do. And so if we just kind of float, right, we're, we're not going to have a desire for God. We're just going to kind of be little bobbers up at the surface. But if you really want to do something for God, you've got to pray. You've got to get a paddle down. Because if you don't pray... then it's going to be a little bit harder to be faithful to church. And if you're not faithful to church, you're going to lose connection. And if you lose connection, you're not going to have a support group when that big temptation comes and you've isolated yourself from all good godly friends and all the voices in your head are just kind of little dingbat voices saying, oh, you can do whatever you want to do. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, what God did for you at NAYC is such a distant memory, you can barely recognize it. You can hardly remember the night God filled you with the Holy Ghost because you've just drowned it out in so many voices. Right? So wherever you're at, maybe you're just coming. You're just here. Keep pushing. Be faithful. Make good friends. Surround yourself with good people. Pray at an altar. Come to Monday night prayer meeting. Come to 545 prayer meeting on Sunday night. Make sure you're back here. Don't stay out talking. Come back here. Learn how to pray. Discipline yourself 15 minutes. Say, I want to learn how to pray at home, so I'm going to be praying at church. When there's an altar call, respond. Say, I want to learn how to pray. Push, push, push. Deeper, deeper, deeper. Don't give up. Don't stop. Because if you stop, you're going to start floating. And pretty soon it's going to be harder and harder and harder. Don't give up. I'm not saying you're not going to have setbacks. They go, uh, you know, I started praying off real good and then I kind of lulled off. Get back at it. You got faithfulness down? Congratulations. Get prayer down. Work on it. Nail it down. Let's get deeper here. Number four, read your Bible. Read your Bible. It can be very confusing, right? And we're not talking about read your Bible as an intellectual exercise. We're talking about as a spiritual exercise. We're talking about I'm learning how to pray. Now I'm going to get down and I'm going to really find out what's in this word. And God's begin to deal with me about stuff that I watch and about things that your own conscience knows is wrong. You know the real big things? I don't have to get up here and tell you. You already know. You already know it's wrong. I don't have to, I don't have to argue with you. You may argue, but just to, just to be contrary, just to argue. But you know deep down that it's wrong. And God can begin to deal with you about that. But you know what the next step is? To get down in that Bible and say, I really want to know what I believe. 
I want to come to church not just to listen and absorb, but I want to ask questions and I want to come and I, I want to open up my Bible and I want to say, hey, teach me a Bible study. Hey, talk to me about this. Hey, I was looking at this the other day and I wonder what this meant, right? You're getting deeper, right? And that grows your hunger for God. And the more you read your Bible the, and with, a, with an honest heart and prayer, right? We're talking about going deeper and deeper and deeper down into this. The more you're going to want to know about God and the more your hunger and your desire for Him is going to begin to grow. Right? But you've, you've got to get to that place where you want to know what's in God's Word. You've got to get to that place where you desire to know what's in God's Word. You've got to want to know what's in there. Right? And you know what? If, if you're just coming, right? It's, it, the Bible seems like such a big thing to tackle. Right? But if you add these things onto each other, Right? You know where I really fell in love with the Bible, Brother Caleb? It's not because I read it. It's because I heard it preached about. And people opened up the Word and taught me. And I heard Bible stories. And, and my grandparents would play the Bible tapes. And, and people opened me up to the stories that were in the Bible. And I got curious about it. And so maybe out of a little bit of, maybe out of, a little bit of just sheer um, duty, I started reading it. But then all of a sudden, something struck me, and I became to get interested in it. Read your Bible. We're, getting, we're talking about getting deeper here. We're talking about how to keep your hunger. How to keep your desire for God. Because if you stop, if you stop letting God's voice in your life through His Word, you're going to begin to float and you're going to let other voices get in and influence you. So the last one, point number five. And if they can help me on the music. I'm, I'm coming to a close quickly. And I do want to give us an opportunity to respond tonight. Uh, but we're talking about going deeper. right? We're talking about not just staying where we're at because it's pretty dangerous just to stay where you're at. It's pretty dangerous just to stay right there. And I, and I believe I'm talking to young people that truly do have a desire to live for God. And I'm trying to give you practical tips as to how can I do it? How can I do it? And, I, and you, there are probably many of us that are on different levels. Maybe you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Maybe you've, you, you don't even, you've never really prayed in your life. Just keep coming to church. Respond when there's time. If you're at home and you're worried about something, say, God, I, I don't really know how to do this, but I'm just going to pray. I'm just, I don't really know what the words to say, but I just need you to help me. And just start. Start. And wherever you're at, grow. Reach for more. Reach for more. Reach for more. Reach for more. The last one that you can add is fasting. This is really not popular. There really is hardly anybody that fasts. A lot of people pray, say they pray, but not a lot of people fast. Now, fasting means not that you run fast. It means that you don't eat for a meal or for a day for a couple of days 
Jesus always talked about fasting and coupled with prayer. Because when you say, God, I'm going to show my devotion to you or my hunger for you by I'm going to push back from what my body says I want so that I can be more in tune with what you want for me. I'm going to deny myself so that you can speak to me. I'm not saying that you fast five days straight and that's how you get saved or that's how you get in the church. I'm just saying that as you grow and as you mature, you've got to add that to your life and say, God, I want you to help me. I need you to help me because let me tell you something, young people. When you really get into something where you really need God to help you, where you really need Him to help you and you push back from the table for a meal, or for a day and you really pray about it and you watch God answer you will understand why it's so valuable you will understand why it works we're talking about going deeper here don't stop where you're at don't say God that's all I'm going to give that's all I want to be, God. It's just a back row person. Not in the literal sense, but you know what I mean. And like the, I just kind of want to be on the edge my whole life. If you stop having a desire, you can't really make it without desire. Stand with me. I'm, I'm coming to a close. And maybe there are some that say, well, I don't. I don't even really know if I want to live for God. I don't, I don't even really know if this whole Christian thing is even for me. And let me, I, there's really nothing I can say other than I can beg you to reconsider. Because you do not want to be on the wrong side. You do not want to be on the losing end of this game. I read a story, heard it on the radio actually. A man who is 95 years old. He was just recently deported to Germany because after living in the United States for 40 years, they found out that he was a Nazi prison guard. He had lied on his passport, lied on his entry papers. He chose the wrong side. His country was invaded by Nazi Germany. Instead of resisting, he joined them. Thought maybe that was the best thing to do. Thought maybe it could preserve him. But he chose the wrong side. And now, 60 years later, he's paying for it. Being forced out of his home. Taken to a country where he's never lived. But he chose his allegiance 60 years ago. And he chose wrong. He chose wrong. In 60 years, he thought he got away with it. And his past caught up to him. Please, don't choose wrong wrong because one day no matter how long you may live a hundred years more and think you got away with it but at some point you will realize I chose the wrong side I chose the wrong side that's all I say is don't choose the wrong side 
and I've given you the steps. Come to church. Pray when there's opportunity to pray. Start praying at home. Crack open that Bible. Try to tackle a scripture. Push back from a meal at lunch and say, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to eat lunch today because I want to see revival in my school. Because I want to have a deeper walk with God. Right? Keep pushing. Keep reaching for more. Keep trying to witness. Keep reaching out there. Because you don't want to choose the wrong side. You don't want to take the easy way out now and end up lost forever. So here's how I want us to respond. Every eye closed. I want to give you an opportunity to pray. And we're going to put this into action. I want to, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray right now to say, God, I want you to increase my desire to live for you. Maybe you have no desire to live for God. I want you to give Him a chance and say, God, I want to live for You. Just give me one chance, Lord. Give me just one sign. Just help me, Lord, to just... I, I, I'm so confused by what's going on here tonight, but just touch me one time. Because I promise you, young people, if God can touch you one time, you'll want more. You'll want more. If He can break through to you one time, and if you've ever felt the presence of the Lord, I want you to think back and remember to that moment, whether it was a conference, whether it was HYC, NAYC, Sunday night, when God was talking to you, and I want you to say, God, I don't want to back up from this moment. I don't want to backslide. I don't want to float to the top, but I want to keep pursuing you. I want to keep trying to have a relationship with you. I don't want to give up. I don't want to be on the wrong side. So as they... Sister Hannah continues to play. I want you to find a place to pray. This altar is open. I want you to come forward. I want you to respond right now. I want you to say in your own words, God, I want to live for you. God, I desire to live for you. God, I have a desire and a hunger in my heart to live for you. Come on, we need to feel the presence of the Lord. We need to feel the presence of the Lord. You need to just give God an opportunity right now. Come on, give Him a chance. Give Him a chance. Respond with sincerity. Respond. Don't goof off right now. Nobody talking. Nobody poking anybody or, or distracting anybody. I want you to be reverent of this moment because there's somebody here that wants to live for God, but maybe you've let some things get in your life. Maybe you've let some stuff get